Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. I'll expect you to listen to the recording later. Um, Yeah, so Lord, we just give this time to you. Lord, we thank you that you are a very present help. Lord, that's not just words we say, but we thank you that you are with us and that you are for us. Lord, we receive your help this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, well, we are continuing. We're actually wrapping up our series called Soul Search this morning. Uh, This, as we have said for three weeks now, is just a tool that we are using uh, to help us to assess our spiritual health. Right? Just a tool that can give us a snapshot of how we're doing, um, maybe where there's areas that we need to, to give some attention to. Um, maybe there is something that we can do in our lives to help us to, to move through a, a desert season or a, a difficult season. And we're all going to have those, right? Just because you feel dry, just because you feel like God is distant, right? that doesn't mean that you've messed up and God is far away. It just means that it's just, you know, there's ebbs and flows of the spiritual life. But there's things that we can do to position ourselves to receive more freely and uh, more easily uh, from, from the Father. And so that's what this is about, just trying to address those things and to give us some language that we can use so that we can talk to one another and normalize the question of, hey, how's things going spiritually? Right? Because it is super, super important if we want to step into the full, abundant life that Jesus has for us. And so throughout this series, we have used this SOUL acronym. Uh, S stands for Scripture. So evaluating ourselves on our relationship with God's Word. We talked about how um, the uh, Word of God should be our daily refreshment. Others, our relationship with others. The second week, we talked about how our spiritual health cannot be separated from our relationships. Last week, we talked about our upwards connection with God, right? Uh, you know, how do we grow relationally with this supernatural being? We talked about how important it is to encounter God through worship and prayer and journaling and just dwelling and finding ways to remain in Jesus to allow him to pour into us. And today, we are going to talk about the final one, L, life, this overall evaluation of our life, our work, our health, our emotions, our habits, etc. Um, and so we want to look at all of these things on this metric. Is my relationship with Scripture moving me towards God, away from God, or am I stuck? You know, are you reading the Word? Is my relationship with other people, you know, moving me o- towards God, away from God, or am I stuck, right? And so we have to recognize, do I have unforgiveness or, or bitterness or difficult relations with, with somebody? You know, we remember that Jesus said, you know, if you're at the altar and you remember that somebody else has something against you, leave your offering and go and make it right with them, right? And so these relationships with others, we need to evaluate those. Where, where are we at with that? It affects our relationship with God. Oops, there's a 
uh, upwards, right? Am I spending time? Am I dwelling with God, right? And this is more than just reading scripture. Maybe this is meditating on scripture. Maybe this is journaling. Maybe this is just sitting in silence with God. And then finally, we're going to today look at, whoops, our life. Is my overall kind of all this other aspects, my non-spiritual parts of my life, are they conducive to the abundant life that we, are, that we have available to us in Jesus? And we've talked periodically over the last few weeks about how uh, holistic our health is, right? If we want to be spiritually healthy, we need to be emotionally healthy and physically healthy, um, and we have to have healthy relationships with, with others, right? It's all in, included. We can't ignore one part or another. You know, I think of it as like a, a wagon wheel, right? And if maybe our spiritual life is great, I'm reading the Bible like crazy, I'm praying for two and a half hours a day, man, my, my, my spiritual life is fantastic, but I'm, I'm angry and I'm super emotionally immature, I, I fly off the handle real quick, uh, I don't have any friends, and you know, all I do is eat Big Macs, right? You, I'm not necessarily talking about myself, because I don't pray for two and a half hours a day. Big Macs, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, and so, but if we don't have this holistic understanding of our life, right, we're not going to be able to attain the, the full and abundant life that Jesus has for us. God, in one of the epistles of John, right, says, I want you to flourish just as your soul flourishes, right? There's a holistic uh, idea of flourishing that God wants for us. So in all of these different areas, whether it's physical or intellectual or emotional or social, our occupation, our career, our spiritual life or physical life, all these aspects, we want them to be good, right? We want them to be healthy. We want to step into abundance. And when we ignore some of these things, like maybe we, we highlight like this, our spiritual life is the most important thing. And so if I'm praying and I'm turning up at, at prayer meetings and I'm reading my Bible, like that's more important than my, uh, you know, what I do in, with my body, right? That's more important than my relationships. That's more important than exercise. That's more important than my, uh, my relationship with my spouse or whatever. But that's just not true. And the Apostle Paul actually had to deal with this uh, ungodly belief uh, in the, the first century. And specifically in the book of Colossians, uh, scholars have identified what they call the Colossian heresy. And it's all these little things and some big things that the church in Colossae believed that were not in alignment with the way of, of Jesus, with the kingdom of God, that, and and they were syncretistic. And so they were taking some of these kind of other philosophies and ideas and mingling them together with the Christian faith. And Paul is writing Colossians in, in one sense to confront this heresy. And part of the heresy is called dualism. And there's these Platonic philosophies where these, these philosophers, these Greek philosophers were like, you know what, the spirit is good. Right? Spiritual things are good and important, and we should run after those things. But the body, you know what? It's full of corruption. It's, you know, it's where bad stuff happens in the body, right? We don't like that stuff. And so the spirit is good, and the body is bad. And so Paul comes into Colossae, and his guy's like, no, absolutely not. 
And I believe Paul is addressing that here in Colossians chapter 2. He says this, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Okay, so he's like, don't listen to these philosophies that don't have Jesus as the center, that don't exalt Jesus as the head, the one of supreme authority. Right? Don't listen to the deceptive philosophies right, that may include Jesus, but don't have him as the king. Right? And don't listen, because those are just based on human tradition and kind of, we're trying to piece this together and how does life work. No, Jesus tells us how life works, right? Yahweh, the, the God of the Old Testament, tells us how life works, right? He is the king, he is the creator, and he calls all of us to bend our knee to him. And he also, there's these elemental spiritual forces, uh, you know, these powers and principalities floating uh, around somewhere up there over, over nations and cities and, uh, and, and organizational structures, like, in, you know, pushing towards, uh, away from the way of God. I don't really have time to talk about that. I probably shouldn't even mention that. We can talk more about spiritual forces later. But verse 9, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Right? So Jesus is the fullness of God, came and dwelt in a physical body. Right? The body is good. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Guess what? Even in your broken bodies, in your corrupt state, the fullness of God dwells in you. He is the head over every power and authority. Right? And so Paul's very, very clearly saying the body is good. Jesus came in a body. We can value our bodies and what we do with our bodies. And that means physically, emotionally, mentally. All of that is very important. I mean, we look at the, the creation story. You know, the creation story is not that God creates this like spiritual utopia and these spiritual beings that kind of float through the Garden of Eden. Then the fall happens and he's like, man, now you guys are going to be stuck in these corrupt bodies. Hopefully someday you can you know, attain righteousness and break free from physical reality. Right? That's not the gospel at all. God created a physical world that we see and we dwell in, and he created physical bodies for us to dwell in it with. Right? And I believe that when Jesus comes back, we get glorified bodies and we get to continue uh, creating culture and life on a renewed heaven, and, but without sin, with the presence of God being manifest, right? And so we cannot say spiritual good, body bad. Bodies are very, very good. And then, I'm going quickly because I respect your time, and then Paul writes this to the church in Corinth, chapter 1, or uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. This is incredible. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Come on. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Temples, you know, in ancient times, 
in, uh, in current times is this place where the deity dwells, right? This is the place where, where God is. And in a, a, a Hebrew or an Old Testament understanding, the first place that the temple of God is, is in the heavenlies, right? God is seated on his heavenly throne, right? From there, he is judging and, and ruling the earth. And David says this incredible thing to, near the end of his life, this beautiful psalm in 2 Samuel chapter 22. And, and he, says, he says this in his prayer, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I called to my God and from his temple, and we're going to see in a moment that that's his heavenly temple, from his heavenly temple, he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. Right? And so God is far off. And yes, he hears us. It is amazing. But still, the, the temple of God is up in some place where we can't access and we don't understand. There's a distance there. Verse 10 says, he parted the heavens and came down. And this is a beautiful, beautiful psalm. Just, I would encourage using this in your quiet time this week. The, the power and the majesty of God, the, the promise of his ears being attuned to our cries, his willingness to come and make things right. It's incredible. But he parts the heavens and comes down from his holy temple. And then, you know, later on, there's the tabernacle and there is the temple in Jerusalem. And it's in Jerusalem where the presence of God dwells, right? And once a year, everybody has to make a trek to Jerusalem to, to make their offerings, right? For atonement or one of the festivals or, or whatever. And some people lived in Jerusalem, but many, many of the Israelites lived far away. And so it's like, man, if I want to encounter the presence of God, I need to make a trip. But that is not the case anymore. Right now, we are the temple. The Holy Spirit dwells in us when we bend our knee to King Jesus. Right? It's no longer up in heaven. It's no longer way off in Jerusalem. It's right here. And so now, the holy place is right here. And so you, as a follower of Jesus have a holy temple. Your body is holy. And how do we handle holy things? With honor and with care. You know, I've heard people say this. I've seen it in movies, and it's usually a joke, right? Like, invite, invite them to church or whatever, and they're like, I can't go into church, right? Because the, the lightning bolt is going to strike me down, right? And that's said in a joke. It's like, aha, really funny. But there's a kernel of truth there. There's a kernel of understanding, right? That we recognize that the holy place, the church, that we kind of associate with the place where God dwells is special. That's how we are. We're special. We are set apart. We are holy, and we should treat ourselves that way. And then Paul goes on and says, you're not your own. Well, this is a rough thing to say in 2020. You don't belong to yourself. I don't like that, Jesus, right? Or Paul. Right? Your body ultimately doesn't belong to you. Our bodies are on loan, Hey, good news, we're going to get an upgrade, right? When we hit, when we hit certain mileage, it's going to be great, glorified bodies. Uh, and we look forward to that. But these things are on loan. And how do we treat things that aren't our own? A few weeks ago, um, I had to clean out my gutters and fix uh, 
some shingles on my roof, so I don't have a ladder, so I borrowed a ladder from my neighbor, Zach, and I did, did my projects, and I was taking the ladder down, and I noticed that I'd got tar all over his, all over his ladder, and I was like, ah, oh, shoot, how do I manage that? And, uh, and if it was my ladder, I would have just closed it up and put it in the garage and been done with it, but it wasn't my ladder, it was Zach's ladder. And so I got a towel out to, to clean the, the, the tar off. That did not work. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is just making it worse. What am I going to do? And I had this brilliant idea. I sprayed some WD-40 on it and cleaned it right up. That ladder was spick and span when I brought it back to Zach. Probably in better shape than it was when, when he gave it to me. Right? But that's how we treat things that don't belong to us. Right? And so if our body really doesn't belong to us, it belongs to, to God, right? And if, here's an aside, if Paul can be believed, our body belongs to our spouse. I don't know, let's not get into that right now, but <laughs> it's not ours. And so we need to honor, you know, th who, the owner of our body. And then Paul finally says, you know, uh, you were bought with a price. So honor God with your bodies. You know, how do we treat these bodies that are on loan? We use them to glorify God. And so there's a value to it. So we have to care for this physical body. And that means our physical health, our intellectual health, our mental health, all of that stuff is vitally important. And so what is it that, so it's, we want to look at our life, these different aspects, uh, you know, my life, my work, um, my habits, right? Are they moving me towards God? Are they moving me away from God? Or am I stuck? But I think, like, this one feels a little bit abstract, right? Scripture, that's super easy. Am I reading scripture? Yes, I'm, maybe that's moving me toward God. Like, that one seems clear. This one seems a little bit more like, how do I evaluate myself on my life, right? There's a lot going on here. Um, and so I thought I would just try to break it down into some easy categories. And remember, as you're practicing soul search, uh, right, you don't have to go through every single one of these, like, where's my work? We want this to be kind of quick and just a, a thoughtful and go, God, is there something, is there some area in my life that needs some attention? Uh, you know, if you do just ask the basic question, God, am I moving towards you, away from you, or am I stuck? And you feel stuck or you feel like you're moving away from God, then go, okay, let me evaluate myself in these other four areas. Scripture, yeah, I'm doing that pretty good. Others, yeah, I'm, you know, doing, feeling good about that. Upwards, yeah, I, you know, I just had a 48-hour silent retreat. That's fantastic. And uh, what about my life? Is there something in here? And just ask the Lord to show you, you know, God, is there an area where I am that's hindering me from running after you? And these are some of the areas that God might bring up. First of all, we need to address our work. And if you have been around for any stretch of time, you know that I love talking about Sabbath and rest and the value that it has. Right? And uh, Amber and I, we're, we're, we're working on it and we're struggling sometimes to, to do it well, but we have made a point to try to run after it. Right? But it can be a lot of work. Right? It's like there's stuff to be done. It's hard to Put the phone down. Well, that's the dumb thing to say. There's stuff to be done. I'll just scroll the phone instead. Anywho, so we want to evaluate our work. Do I have a healthy work-life balance? Right? God worked for six days. He worked hard for six days, and then he rested for one. Right? And so this isn't an invitation just to be lazy and not to work hard. Right? You're supposed to work hard for six days, but you're also supposed to rest on the seventh. 
right? Both of those aspects of your life are important, and both of them bring glory to God. And so, you know, if you haven't taken a vacation day, or you haven't taken an hour or two of rest in the last month, that might be a reason why you feel stressed out or burned out or distant from God. What about your physical health? Right? Are you getting enough exercise? And uh, I read this really interesting article in preparation for this, and uh, a guy was, uh, said, you know, he felt distant from God, he felt dry, you know, kind of, the, kind of that normal, kind of, I, I don't, you know, I'm just kind of going through the motions of church kind of a situation. And he also found you know, all of his free time was in front of a screen, and he was just kind of eating whatever, you know, he wasn't, just wasn't taking care of himself. And so he felt, felt lethargic, and so wasn't taking care of himself physically, and he felt distant from God. And, and a friend of his invited him to uh, train to run a half marathon. And this guy's like, I didn't know what a half marathon was. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and uh, he's like, if I knew that it was 13 miles, I never would have agreed to this. Right? And so he begins training for the, the half marathon. And in the process of you know, the discipline of getting up and you know, running and realizing that, oh, if I want to run well, I need to eat well. And so it seems he's like, I think discipline begets discipline. Right? As I discipline myself in this area, it's easier in these other areas. And so as I would force myself to get up and, and run, I, it was easier for me to step into the discipline of encountering God. And as I, as I did that, I just drew closer to him. And so we see the, 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 the wholeness of his life getting more healthy holistically. And so he was able to step into these things in every area. Right? And so our physical health really that it impacts our spiritual and our emotional health. And I was doing great, guys. I was doing really, really good. Not so much with the big mats, but with, uh, with, uh, with, I was running. I was run I, for months, I was running. And then I hurt my knee somehow, and I've been struggling. So i got to figure this out, right? And so there, it, there's ebbs and flows. There might be scenes of your life where you're crushing it, right? You're doing great. And, but it doesn't mean that we don't, never have to pay attention to that again, right? Because then life happens and it's like, oh, it's been six weeks since I've even went for a walk or whatever, right? And so just evaluate, you know, where is my physical health at? Number three, our emotions, right? This is part of our life. And we spent many weeks earlier in the year talking about the emotionally healthy church. And that is an incredible resource uh, there's a book written by Pete Scazzaro called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which is really, really helpful for us. We cannot be emo spiritually healthy if we're emotionally immature. And we spent a week talking about learning to look beneath the surface. What is actually going on in our hearts, right? It's easy for us to, to live kind of in this superficial level with other people and with ourselves, not giving time to do the hard work of going, man, why am I sad? Why am I blue? Why am I depressed? Why am I so angry with this person? Why, you know, and just giving the Lord a moment to get beneath the surface and see what is going on. Super, super important. Uh, and so self-care is vital. Sometimes it's helpful to do that on your own with the Lord. That's always helpful. Sometimes it's really helpful to talk with a friend 
or sometimes you know you need to talk to a professional that can that can help you work through those things and there is no shame in talking to a, a professional counselor so we want to break that off if that is a lingering idea in somebody's mind there is no shame in that is super super helpful then there's our habits and our schedule this is really important um, you know is our life out of control if our life is out of control and we don't really know exactly what is happening we're just hoping everything kind of falls into place we're probably gonna miss some stuff in my undergrad I took this class and we had to read the seven habits of highly effective people it's a great book I recommend it and uh, the third habit is called what's the third habit called put first things first and in that chapter the author Covey anyway it doesn't matter I can't remember what his name anybody know is that right Stephen Covey thank you uh, and so he says all right print this uh, worksheet out and it is a, a weekly schedule that had all the days broken into like 15 or 30 minute increments and then on the left hand side he said write all your roles right and so for me I put husband father student employee uh, friend uh, I don't know what else I put Morris house maintenance man whatever it is right all these all these things <laughs> imagine what my house looks like it's terrible uh, and uh, and so and so I, there's all these things on the left and then he's like all right so fill in on your week where that stuff happens and so I'm filling in my work schedule filling in you know when I mow the lawn filling in when I you know hang out with my friends or whatever and, and all this stuff and all of a sudden I realized and it, all right now and fill in when you sleep that's an important one because that takes up some time and all of a sudden it's like there's less and less time I'm like where do I fit Amber in like I kind of just assume that that's going to work out but in the busyness of life all of a sudden it's like wow it's been three weeks since we've spent any like quality time together right and running around trying to get the kids out of the door does not count as quality time right or I'm, I'm in the I'm in the middle of school and working full-time and doing all this stuff and I'm like man I'm not spending time with my kids right I'm just assuming they'll be around next week and I'll probably catch up my spiritual life is super quick to fall off if I don't schedule it and, and wrestle it into submission right and so doing that exercise made me realize my schedule is out of control and Americans we think that if we say we're busy that means we're valuable and we're important right and so are you busy oh, I'm super busy just barely making it right well we should stop making that like a badge of honor right and just so you know we're we have boundaries right we have limits and if we want to step into abundant full life right we need to respect those boundaries respect those limits and do what is important first don't just assume what's important we'll find time later on okay I would talk about that a lot more but I don't have time uh, intellectual pursuits right it's just good to stretch your brain read a nonfiction book with a group of friends and discuss it right read uh, or watch a podcast or a YouTube video about, about something go on a Wikipedia dive I don't know what, how you want to do this but just in some way kind of stretch your brain right and it, it brings health it helps you to see different perspectives it helps you to see more clearly it helps you to be a better person so just do it um, so that is those and so that's not all areas that's not everything right but those are some important places that we want to evaluate if we feel like our life 
is struggling. And so we want to grow spiritually, but spiritual health is holistically connected to all of these other areas. And so I just encourage you, spend uh, some time today thinking about this area, right, in my life, right? How is, how is my work-life balance? Oh man, it's, it's not great. How's my physical health, right? How, how am I feeling? And guys, this takes, it just takes time. There's not a shortcut. It just takes some time. Uh, but as we practice it, right, we want it to get to be this normal thing so we can just learn to evaluate ourselves with this soul search metric in a quick way. And I think that if we do it every day, we integrate it into our daily routine, I think as a community and as individuals, we're going to see uh, a lot of fruit born out of this. And so one of the things that we'll be doing in life groups over the, the six weeks of those life groups is just touching on this and go, you know, trying to, you know, ask one another, how, how, how's your soul doing? Right? Might sound a little bit weird. Make, well, we don't talk about that kind of stuff, right? We just talk about corn. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, but this is as, as important as corn. And so just go for it and, and step out and, and ask, you know, ask, you know, how's your soul? And just see what happens. It doesn't have to be a big, long conversation. It can just be, uh, yeah, I'm doing great. I read the Bible in a month this week. Or, or <laughs> That's impossible. That's supernatural reading right there. You know what I'm saying. So anyway, so there we go. So we're excited. This wraps up the, the soul search. It's I really, I, if you missed one of the weeks, they are on the, the website. It kind of breaks it down a little bit better. And this is something we're not putting uh, soul search kind of to bed. We're done with that. Let's move on to the next thing, right? We want this to be a part of who we are as a, as a community. As we run after Jesus, we want to be emotionally, spiritually, physically healthy so that we can bear witness the best that we possibly can to our families, to our communities, and to our world. So let's uh, pray. Father God, we love you. And Lord, we thank you that you care deeply for our soul. And Lord, you have made a way for us to be healthy and whole. Lord, we just lay down just the, the weight or the burden of feeling, oh man, this is a heavy thing that I need to do. And how am I going to, to get all of this done, Lord? And we just break that off. We thank you that your yoke is, is easy. And Lord, help us to, to step into this self-evaluation just in a, in a daily practice that, that helps us to run after you better. Help us to position ourselves to receive uh, what you have for us. Lord, we ask that you would transform each and every one of us to be better image bearers of you in our spheres of influence. Jesus, we love you, and we give you all the glory and the honor today. In your name we pray, amen.